Hey everyone. As we continue to go through our Advent series, Hope in Dark Times, I have felt the Holy Spirit whisper to me as I've prepared this, I've, as I've sought his face, I've been hearing him whisper, Oh come, let us adore him. Come, let us adore him. And I've been become really convinced that this is so important for us as individuals for us as a church but more than that for us to declare to proclaim to issue a call actually over our town and over our land come on let's adore him come let's adore him why is this so important well what was the very first thing when the disciples asked jesus to teach them how to pray what did jesus say he said when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven. But he didn't stop there. Yes, it is crucial that we know that we are talking to our Father in heaven and the Spirit inside us cries out, Abba, literally, Daddy. That we can, we are so privileged that we can say that. But without the other, with, without finishing the sentence, we lose something because we lose something of a privilege. Because Jesus didn't stop there. He said, he said, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So when we miss who he is as holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, and his name, his character, who he is, is hallowed, then we miss something of the privilege that we have as children of God to be able to call him Abba to be able to call him daddy. So we need to know both. And, and both are so, so precious. I have heard God, Father God, my daddy, Abba, say sweetheart to me. That's why my little pottery business is called Sweetheart Pottery. I heard him whisper that. But also I know how privileged I am because I know that he is holy, holy, holy. So he is our father, but hallowed be his name. Let's not miss that. We are so privileged. In Revelation 4 verse 8, we just see a glimpse behind the curtain. Revelation, it means pulling back the curtain, unveiling. And we get a glimpse that there is a throne in heaven and there is one sitting on it. And night and day there are living creatures and they never stop crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Night and day. And if you have a margin in your Bible, you'll see reference there, Isaiah 6, where we were just two or three weeks ago. And Isaiah, he, he got that glimpse. He had an encounter with the living God. And he had a revelation in the year that King Uzziah died. He saw the Lord high and lifted up. And what was his response? He said, woe is me. He saw God as holy, holy, holy. He had that revelation of the Lord high and lifted up. But more than that, he saw himself in the light of that hallowed presence. Hallowed be your name. And you know what? Isaiah was never the same. Never the same, but I believe that is what sustained him through his ministry, his difficult ministry. Come on, let's face it. 
he was asked to do some really, really horrendous things. He had to walk about naked. <laughs> you know, this revelation of God as hallowed and holy and who he is in the light of that, I believe that is something that sustained him and allowed him to continue his ministry. You see, adoration, it's, it's the giving of a gift. It's a gift that we can give to the Lord. We adore him. But in the, in the giving of that gift, there's actually a, there's an impartation, there's a receiving. There is a gift given to us. Isn't that just typical of our good God, our good Father? Of course, he'll never ask us to do something unless it's for our good and for his glory. That's who he is. He is so good and so loving. So in this opening of our hearts... This saying the hallowedness of God and in this adoration, there is something of an impartation that occurs within us. And guys, that is why this is so important, because this impartation is what will take us through these dark times. And because there is suffering in our midst, guys, there is suffering in this room. There is suffering with the people that you're brushing shoulders with whether that's in your work, whether that's on the street, whether that's in shops, you are brushing shoulders with people that are suffering. Just within the last couple of weeks, I met someone on the street and she poured out her heart to me. She is suffering, suffering. Her family is suffering. It's all around us. If we have ears to hear, if we have eyes to see, he will show us. And so that is why we need this gift. And the gift is really, it's an impartation. It's a new perspective, a new way of seeing. And I just want to say, like, in my, in my work and in my own personal life, often those breakthroughs come. Breakthroughs come when there is a new perspective. A new perspective can be like a gift. It's something so precious, but it can just... It can get you unstuck if you are really struggling with something. And it can also, it can really, it can really precipitate healing. A new perspective is so powerful. And we need this. We need everything we can get from him. Let's open our hands wide and receive everything that he has for us. A few years ago, I began to realize I was in a season of spiritual warfare where I was literally aware of, of demons, of darkness all around. And what, what happened in that season was I just felt God saying to me, and I, and I know I've shared this with you guys before, but I felt him saying, Linda, there are principalities and powers. There are forces of darkness there are evil things all around you but I am above all I am the most high God God over all and so I began like in my journal to um, write out all the verses that I could um, find where God where we see God as most high where we see God as almighty where we see him as sovereign king over all and, you know, if you are feeling that you are in spiritual warfare at the moment, 
like let's face it it is a it, it is a battle it's not really a walk in the park this um life as a christian or with or life there is suffering whether you're a christian or not let's face it and that is you know you don't need to fear if you're if you're in this in the middle of a spiritual battle guys what you you don't need to fear but you do need a new perspective you need a revelation of of who your god is he is holy 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 lord god almighty and heaven and earth is full of his glory he is the god most high all things are under his feet and there is spiritual warfare, guys. If we had glasses which could show us, like I'm sure it would be absolutely terrifying, but we do not need to fear. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So there's spiritual warfare in the town, in homes. I have heard people saying that they feel that there is darkness within them, even within their home. This town needs needs to come and to adore him and needs us to adore him we need it starts with us we need that revelation of who he is and then we will have the authority to call out to call out over our land not just tandragi but beyond tandragi we will have the authority to cry out come on let's adore him he is worthy he is holy 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 and he's our father he's our abba father but hallowed be his name. So what is adoration? <laughs> what is it? Better get to grips with what it is first. Adoration, is it a thought? Is it thoughts? Is it feeling? Is it behaviour? I would say yes, yes and yes. It is all three. Like it starts internally with a... Well, it starts with a call, come, let's adore him. The Spirit says, come, he invites us. Do you want to get into this position of adoration? Do you want this? Well, the Spirit is saying, come, let's adore him. And there has to be a, a willingness within us. It starts internally, you know, the stirring of the Spirit, but then our willingness and a good prayer to pray, yes, a dangerous prayer to pray, is open the eyes of our heart, Lord. Open the eyes of our heart. We want to see you. And you know, if those conditions are in place, the stirring of the Spirit and our willingness, God will. He gives good gifts to his children. He will impart within us the ability to adore him. And we will get a glimpse of who he is. And it's like a fire, it's a power source within you that sustains you through the darkness, through the dark times, through the pain and the sorrow and the suffering. It can sustain you through a difficult ministry, challenges of ministry, exhaustion. This fire of adoration, if it burns, it is powerful within us. It will leak out of you. This is why it is it is thoughts, it is feelings, it is behaviour because it affects our whole way of being. It affects everything about who we are and how we are. It cannot be mistaken if that fire is burning within you. Let's have a look at adoration in the Bible. So we've already mentioned Isaiah. 
his encounter on the year that King Uzziah died. He was never the same. Well, it's Christmas. Let's go to Matthew 2. And let's see adoration. So Matthew 2, starting at verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born the King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. Notice the language of adoration there. Where is the one? He's the one who has been born king of the Jews. He is king, not just king of the Jews. He's king of kings. He's Lord of lords. This is language of adoration. And then it says, and again in verse two, it says, we saw his star when it rose. Of course it was his star. He made it. He's the creator. He made all things. It was his star. The language of adoration. On over to, to verse 9 of chapter 2. It says, When they went on their way and they saw, and the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Notice that internal stirring. They were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary. Can you imagine what was going on within their souls, within their hearts and their minds and their thoughts? Of course, the only thing they could do was bow down and worship him, adore him. They bowed down and worshipped him. Minds blown, absolutely mind blown. Then they opened their treasures. They presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh, gifts fit for a king. A life-changing time for them. Do you think those magi were ever the same? I don't think so. Hearts on fire. Able to face anything. I'm sure that that privileged position there, they were so privileged that day. I'm sure that privilege, that adoration, I'm sure that sustained them through many's a dark day. Never the same. But you know, they actually, they had a choice. They saw the star, but they listened. They listened. They had an invitation. That star was an invitation to them. Come, let's adore him. Come on, let's adore him. And today, the same invitation is extended to us. Come on, let's adore him. Today, today, let's adore him. And they had to give him their, they had to give their yes. And then they had to pursue him. Are you going to give him your yes? Are you going to pursue him? Give him the gift that he deserves and in turn receive the gift that he wants to give to us. The gift that will sustain us through the dark times. Come, let us adore him. Let's go to Psalm 145. Guys, I do a funny thing. I read through the Psalms in order, 1 to 150, like any normal person would do. But then when I get to 150, I've kind of got into the habit of actually just reversing and, and going backwards. I don't know why I do that, 
But as I've been considering this subject of adoration, I've been moving backwards from 150 to 145. And I have noticed that, wow, these, these psalms at the end, they are full of adoration and praise. And in fact, I heard someone say that it's, it's like a crescendo of praise at the end of the, of the, of the book of Psalms. Absolutely powerful. So by the time I got to 145, my heart was absolutely stirring, full of adoration. And I just, I want to linger on Psalm 145 and, and, and dig into it just for a wee while this morning. I'm just going to pray actually for the wind of the Spirit to come as we read this psalm. And for, um, you know, if you sense that, can you pray a simple prayer? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. I want to see you. You know what the first thing I noticed about Psalm 145? I noticed that actually it's full of adoration. Of course it is. It's full of adoration, but actually interspersed with the, the, the statements of adoration and the words of adoration, interspersed is actually proclamations, declarations of truth about God, about his character, absolutely just woven through this psalm let's see if you um if you get what i mean so we're going to start psalm 145 it says i will exalt you my god the king i will praise your name forever and ever every day i will praise you and extol your name forever and ever notice the the intentionality the the determination you know that psalmist doesn't know what's ahead there could be some real tough times ahead but he has decided ahead of times, I am going to praise you as long as I live. Every day I'll praise you. In the dark times and in the good times, I'm going to praise you. And you know, years ago we worked with, um, or we had Bible studies in our house. It was such a privilege. You know, we had young people um, on a Friday night, FNBS, Friday night Bible study, legendary. And legends came to it. It was just class. Um, but what we said to them, those, you know, those guys were university age and or about to go to university. And um, I remember David repeatedly saying to them, you know, you need to get your roots down now, now before the before the storm comes, before the challenges of life comes um, get your roots down now in the good times. Determine ahead of times, I am going to praise him forever. I am going to trust him and hold to his word and hold to the truth of who he is. I'm going to walk closely with him and hold him by the hand, no matter what comes. And sometimes we've got to do that in faith. We've got to just make that decision ahead of times. And I believe He will. the Lord will honour that. So that's one and two. Let's go to verse three. Listen, it's a wonderful proclamation of who God is and what he's like. It says, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Great is the Lord and worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. It's a proclamation of truth. And you know, sometimes we just need to speak these things out. We need to speak it out out loud, <laughs> speak it to our souls, speak it to our friends, speak it to each other in church or, 
you know, even if you're the only one in the room that, that, that still believes this, that, that God is great and worthy of praise, speak it out. Speak it out into the, into the unseen, unseen realm, to the principalities and powers. Let them know that you believe and you know and you trust that your God is great. Because it's true. He is great and he is worthy of praise. It says his greatness no one can fathom. Can't get your head around it. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. Because they tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds because they celebrate your abundant goodness. And they joyfully sing of your righteousness. So I will meditate on your wonderful works. You know, we need to realize what we're thinking about and be intentional about what we're thinking about. And I think this is partly why I keep a journal. It's so good to meditate and think back of the good things that God has done because they do show his goodness. They celebrate his goodness. Those, those little things and the big things, those, those celebrate his goodness. He's so good. <laughs> you know, just I wanted to share one little thing. As I say, it's the big things and it's the wee things. So it's, it's been able to pay your bills. It's those times, like I'll never forget a few years ago, whenever, good few years ago, actually, whenever we had, we were really, really struggling with money. And um, yeah, we, the Lord had led us to, to give just a sacrificial gift. And it sort of left us with nothing. <laughs> and um, yeah, we were really, really struggling for money. We actually then, we fasted and prayed and... And God did something wonderful that, that year that we never, ever forgot. Out of the blue, I was working as a dentist at the time, self-employed, so my pay was like varied greatly from month to month. Um, but this one month, <laughs> this one month when we really needed it, what happened was people came in and started to pay their bills. And we just... <laughs> It was just phenomenal because my pay that month was way more than it normally was and we were able to um, just see the goodness of God in that. And it's the little things too. It's maybe the encouragement, the card that someone sends or the smile from someone, the warmth. It's um, you know having a, having a meal in front of you, having a place to call home or having a, a safe space to go. And it's it's sometimes it's the it's the more the things that stand out more as well like uh, you know something that I do feel like that the Lord just maybe wanted me to share. Um, on my birthday this year, it was a Tuesday, and I was at the prayer meeting, and after the prayer meeting, I went to the shop. And when I was in the shop, I I heard my name Linda, and next thing I had um. A girl just with her arms around me, just over overflowing with with joy and just telling me how she was doing so much better, how she was um how her heart was being healed, and things were good in her life after her journey, her counseling journey, and do you know that was that was like a gift from me. I believe that I believe the Lord sent her. Um, sent her that evening just to encourage me and that is 
like that's an example of this. Proclaim his great deeds. They celebrate his goodness. He's good. Verse 8, another proclamation of who he is. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He's kind, guys. He's gracious and compassionate. I love that about him. He's so kind. Compassionate means suffers with. You're going through a hard time. Well, he is not afar off. He suffers with. It says in Isaiah that in our distress, he is distressed. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. Speak it out. He is slow to anger. He's rich in love. He's got so an abundance of love. He's rich in love. Another proclamation. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. And then just a little prayer of adoration. It says, all your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and they speak of your might so that all people might know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. Another proclamation. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises. Has he promised you something? He's trustworthy. He's faithful in all he does. I love this. The Lord upholds those who fall. He upholds those who fall. It's those those everlasting arms that are underneath. He's going to catch you if you're falling. He lifts up all who are bowed down. Are you bowed down? Listen to that. He lifts up all who are bowed down. He knows you're bowed down. He wants to help you. Another little prayer of adoration. It says the eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. Another proclamation. It says the Lord is righteous in all his ways. He's faithful in all he does. And listen, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and he saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him. Isn't that beautiful? Do you love him? He's watching over you. Right now, he he sees you. He's watching over you. says, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Come, let us adore him. That is who he is. sum up this psalm by by just saying the Lord is great but he's also good faithful kind gracious merciful compassion let's speak these truths out wow you know I am a hundred percent convinced after all my years of walking with God and and even just being in working with being in a position of working with people I am 100% convinced that one of the devil's schemes is to make us doubt. Not so much that God is great. How can you dispute that? But in the midst of suffering and darkness and pain, I believe the enemy wants us to curse God, to say to our souls, do you know what? Is he really good? Is he really good? 
Isn't that what he said? Isn't that what he wanted for Job? He wanted Job to, to turn his back on God, to doubt the goodness of God. God is good. You speak that out to your soul. Hold tight to that truth. That is true. He is good. Speak it out to yourself. Speak it out to the principalities and powers. Speak it out to others, even if you're the only one in the room. Because it's the crux of who, who our God is. He is good. He's more than good. Think about Moses in Exodus. I just love it. In Exodus 33, it's mind-blowing because Moses prays a prayer to God. He says, Lord, show me your glory. And what does God say? He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow my goodness to pass by you. It's the crux of who God is. He's so good. He's good. And he has good things for us. He is good to all. It's the crux of who he is. All things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It's truth. So let's hear today what the Spirit says. The Spirit is saying, come, let's adore him. How can we respond to that? You know, is there an internal yes within you? Is there the willingness? And if there is, then a prayer to pray, a dangerous prayer, yes, but a wonderful response would be, Lord, open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Allow him to impart within you the gift that he wants to give. That fire within you that will sustain you through the dark times. Let's adore him together. And furthermore, you know, once we begin to adore him, we will have an authority to, to speak out over our town and our land and our homes, come, let's adore him. Come on, let's adore him. Come on, Tandrigi, let's adore him. Come on, our land and our nation, let's adore him. Because he alone is worthy. He alone is worthy. Let's respond.